I don't know if your brain works this way, if it doesn't, full apologies, if it does, full sympathy. But the way my brain works is once I notice something that seems a bit off to me, it's hard not to keep looking at it, not to keep noticing it, seeing it over and over until something's done about it. It makes me do lots of household tasks, especially those fix-it things around the house. Not always picking up my clothes, I can ignore that, but little things like a light switch that doesn't work right or something like that. Now, in church work, that translates to all sorts of things. And there's one example I'm going to share with you today. There's a church that I regularly drive by. It's not an Episcopal church, and it's a beautiful building made out of Indiana limestone, big towers and big walls, lots of rooms in it, I know. And the thing that just gets under my skin now, now that I noticed, it took years for me to notice this, is that at night, the walls of this church from the outside are lit beautifully. The textures of the stone shine wonderfully in these fancy spotlights they have. And the very beginning of the highest steeple is also lit up. So you can see it's a stone steeple. It's not some fiberglass thing or something like that. It's a stone steeple. But what bugs me is that the cross is not lit up at the top of the steeple. It's a little thing. It might be that they didn't have quite enough juice going through those electrical circuits. Maybe they can't get a spotlight set right, and maybe the neighbors complained that it was too bright when they did that, if they have ever done that, but it just bugs me so much that I purposely don't look now when I drive by there after dark until I just can't help but look and say, ah, oh, it's still not lit. Fortunately, it gives a great sermon illustration, and that is that we often, often, in our personal lives, build wonderful structures, metaphorically speaking, symbolically speaking. We build good report cards. We build good careers. We build good families and friendships. But we forget where the light should be focused, and that is on God. And so eventually, those things that we build so carefully will start to crumble, will start to fall apart sooner or later, because life is hard, life is difficult, and love especially can be hard to maintain unless we ground ourselves in the source of life and love, unless we ground ourselves in God, unless we keep the spotlight where it belongs, on God rather than what we're trying to build. Now, in this morning's gospel, the Sadducees are mentioned as people who don't be believe in the resurrection, don't believe in heaven. And that was a very small group of Jews by the time Jesus was born, and it's still true today. Most Jews do believe in eternal life. But this small group then, and still, again, relatively small group now, though they're not Sadducees, this small group then did not believe in eternal life. They basically were kind of show-me Missourians, where if they couldn't see it, if they couldn't touch it, if they couldn't smell it, they didn't think it existed. And so they didn't believe in eternal life, they didn't believe in angels, they didn't believe in all sorts of things, 
even though those were mentioned in the scriptures. So the way that they justified this was to say, well, only the books of Moses are the ones that we believe in. The rest of them are just too questionable because they mention eternal life. They mention angels. They mention all sorts of supernatural rigmarole that is just too irrational for us to believe. So when the Sadducees gave this question to Jesus about the woman and who she should marry and eternal life and all that stuff, he knew that it was a bogus question because they didn't believe in it anyway. And so in his answer, you may notice that not only does he talk about the resurrection and eternal life, he also talks about being like angels. That was a little sort of kick in the pants to those Sadducees. Not only is there eternal life, there's also angels, guys, no matter what you say. So what Jesus is trying to tell us today, in part, is that we have to see life as much broader than we naturally do. The Sadducees, you really can't blame them. They were basically foundational humans, where they trusted their physical senses and nothing else. I mean, that's sort of like a three-year-old or something. That you know, someone who doesn't have a life experience, well, life experience doesn't have the interest in abstract thinking. No one can blame a child. But once you get to be an adult, you really do need to expand one, your horizons. And the Sadducees didn't want to do that. It was too scary. It gave them a sense of being out of control of their lives, that if they couldn't see it, they don't trust it. So Jesus very strongly, and with a certain amount of humor and sarcasm even, tries to get them to open their eyes and see there's so much more to life than they imagine or picture. That God is so much beyond what any human being can figure out. That if we don't take that into account, we are missing out on the very meaning of life, let alone on a lot of its beauty and a lot of the love that God has for us. It's like building the physical building and not shining a spotlight on why you're building it. It's like having a beautiful church, but not telling anyone about God. It's like living a life that is moral and upright, but not loving anyone, and therefore always falling short of being happy and having purpose. Now, all of this ties in with the kickoff of our Pledge and Stewardship program today, because so often, so often, the way that people keep that light from shining on the steeple is by holding back. Holding back our love, holding back our money, holding back our imaginations. And Jesus tells us over and over, let go of all that. Because life is so much more than the dozens of years we might have on this planet. Life is eternal. We get to live like angels before long. And so we should shift how we see life, how we live life, how we give money, how we give time, how we give love, so that it shows that we are living in God's kingdom already, so that the way that we live demonstrates how much we love because God loves us and all creation. It's a way of seeing the world that's very different from the Sadducees. Very different from a lot of people around us who want to keep things under control, 
wrapped up in a box. Many, many Christian churches even have that perspective. They're almost like Sadducees, where they don't trust that God loves everyone, including themselves. They don't trust how much eternal life exists right now in our bloodstreams. They don't trust. That's okay. Life will work out. Maybe not on this existence, but eternally. We have to make sure that we do our best to be loved by God and to love others. Because it's a message that is so easily countered by the world around us, that wants us to build big walls, big memorials to ourselves, and never shine a light up on the steeple. Never show why we live the way we live. We have to do that. We have to shine the light. Because otherwise the darkness is never pierced. Otherwise people never know that God loves them, that God loves this planet, and that we have a responsibility for both. We have a responsibility to give of ourselves to all the ways in which God is trying to make this world a better place. We can't live like Sadducees. We can't live in a way in which we only trust that which our physical senses allows us to believe in. Instead, we need to live by faith, by the faith that we are beloved, in the faith that we can carry hope about the future, in the faith that transforms us into living lives of meaning and purpose in spite of all obstacles, because we keep the light shining on the steeple, because we keep the light shining on Christ, because we do our very best to live out the ways in which Christ has asked us to live, to live lives of love and generosity, to live lives of meaning and purpose, to live lives of inclusion and peacefulness. It's not something that you can put a spotlight on physically, but something that will shine through our actions, through our loves, through our perspectives, through our words. And it makes the world a better place. It gives a counter-argument to the literalists around us. It gives a counter-argument to the pessimists around us. It gives a counter-argument to the people who are only seeing death and destruction. That there is resurrection and eternal life in all things, available to all people, a gift from God, because we are all loved so much. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.